ho, 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 the holidays are upon us. And as we get ready for this holiday season and the big holiday Christmas, I thought it'd be a great idea to have some targeted conversations to close out 2020. So for Christian Mom Uncensored, we will be focusing on courageous Christmas conversations. And these are conversations you should have with yourself, your spouse, and your kids as we close out 2020. They're gonna be a little reflective and I feel like we should end 2020 with a purpose. So that's what we're gonna do. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. So to kick off this theme of courageous Christmas conversations, we're going to talk about conversations to have with yourself this week um, because it's important as we end the year and start a new year to reflect on things we could change, things we want to improve upon, but also to look at where we've been. Um, so often we get ready to, you know, here comes January 1st, New Year's resolutions. And over the past couple years, um, I've noticed that people just aren't doing New Year's resolutions anymore, mostly because we know they don't work. Most of us fail at (laughs) completing them um, in the first three weeks, like we'll fall off the wagon. So I think as as we all know, 2020 has been a, a rough one. It's been an unprecedented one. And for a lot of us, we've gone through challenges we've never gone through. And even just dealing with the day-to-day life of COVID is mentally exhausting. Um, so as we end the year, let me, maybe let's not make resolutions. It's fine to make plans for the next year. I'm somebody who does, who does like to plan out like, what do I want to do this year um, in terms of like vacations? Where do I want to go? Are there any projects I want to launch? Um, and that kind of thing. And trust me, last year I had a New Year's resolution, um, but it changed really quickly because I got pregnant in January. I was like trying to get like in fit shape. And then I was like, well, I'm pregnant. That's out the window. But um, aside from that, we have to have a talk with ourselves as we look back on this year and we look forward to where we want to go. Because A lot of us have places, dreams, goals, aspirations, things we want to accomplish, things we want to do. And a lot of us find ourselves day in and day out, um, every week, every month, wanting to do the same things or having the same things on our hearts, having the same goals in our heads, um, having these same visions for our lives. And then, you know, we fail to complete them or we fail to start them or we fail to um, conquer whatever, you know, whatever it is we're trying to conquer. And a lot of times we, um, we do this because we haven't looked at where we've been. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And like I said, these courageous Christmas conversations are um, serious conversations to have with you, your spouse, and your kids. Although with your kids, um, it's going to be a little different. But for sure, serious and sometimes like scary conversations or nerve-wracking conversations to have with yourself and everything. So let's talk about the self. So one thing I noticed that I need to work on um, for life is how I handle stress. Um, There have been times in my life where I've been really good and have had really good stress management techniques, but 2020 has completely collapsed all of those options. 
uh, in a lot of different ways. So reflecting on how I handle stress has made me realize that maybe I don't handle stress in the most healthy way. And um, for me, I stress shop. I um, stress rant, which is fine. Like I will rant to my mom or rant to my best friend. But, you know, I need to be careful about all the things I'm ranting and all the things that I'm saying because despite the fact that I have frustrations, let's say it's I'm, ha- I'm frustrated with my husband, for instance, for me to go to my mom or to go to my friend and, and just complain, complain, complain about whatever it is that he's doing. And then every time we talk, I'm complaining. It's creating a negative picture in their head of him. And for me, you know, that 20 seconds, that hour, that whatever, whatever the amount of time I was annoyed or frustrated, you know, that comes and goes. And you know, we have a conversation, frustrations moved on, or it's like not worth having a conversation. I, you know, vented to my friend or family and I feel better. But that negative image that I presented to my friends or family is now kind of stuck with them. And so it's not a bad thing to vent with your girlfriends at all. I think it's actually really healthy to get it out and also to get help from friends and family if you're struggling with something. But also just be mindful of like how frequently you're doing it and um, kind of the image you're presenting. Because I realized that, you know, I love my husband. I think he's a great husband. He's a great dad. And I'm really blessed that, you know, when God wrote my story, he wrote him in it. And my mom knows that. My friends know that. But to just hear the negatives all the time is just not the best. So... That's one way I can handle stress better. The other is stress shopping. And I can tell it is a problem in the sense that I never like spend more than I have, right? I never do something crazy with with stress shopping. And every time I'm going to buy something, I do consult my husband. So I do have some good like um, some good habits there. But I do realize that like when I get mad and this isn't 100% bad, it's just like maybe don't check out the cart every single time, like sit on it for a couple of days, I will get onto my phone and start going through what I want. Like whether it's stuff for the kids, stuff for the house, stuff for me. And it's fine. Cause it's like, well, if I have these things, I'll feel better. And I'm really, really stressed and I've been working really hard. So I deserve these things. And I get on like that kind of tangent and you know, all valid points. I do work really hard. Life is really stressful. I do deserve certain things. But aside from that, I don't need to buy everything all at once. I don't need to um, do all of that. And I think it's fine, you know, if I'm stressed to shop and put it in my carts. But maybe, like I said, don't check out, sit on it for a week, sit on it for a couple days. And um, I just kind of started that habit, even though it's Christmas season. Um, I for sure have gone ahead and bought like my Christmas presents, but when it comes to stuff for me, I will like leave it in the cart for a week or two and decide, okay, do I still feel like I really want this? Do I still feel like I really need this? Do I still feel like this is good use? And that is kind of how I'm checking myself, but we all have habits we need to work on. And I had to like seriously talk to myself about the shopping, um, the other day, just because I want to be financially responsible in the next year. And I want to, you know, do fiscally well or whatever, financially well. 
and um, progress even more in life. And in order to do that, you have to check like, well, what am I doing that would impact that negatively? And one of the things is it doesn't seem like a big deal when you are like in the moment, like, well, if I spend like the X amount right now, it doesn't matter. But if you're doing it every month, every week, every two weeks, you know, that's money that could have been saved. So as I was thinking about, you know, one of my goals, I had to really say, hey, sit on the things you want and don't buy it all at once um, and make decisions on what you think is important and if you really need it. And that's just one of my vices. So one of my questions for you guys is, and you can write these down if you want. Actually, that's a good idea. (laughs) Pause in the podcast. If you want, you can write down these questions and answer them and have an honest conversation with yourself or like maybe just think about it as you listen to the podcast. But the question is, what are some of my vices that I need to work on? Um, What are some of the things that I know I have a bad habit of doing and what do I need to do better? And for instance, mine was when it comes to shopping, it's fine to stress, add things to the cart, but don't check out. And also, it's okay to vent to my friends and family, but maybe check myself there as well. So you think about what yours might be. It might be, I need to stop eating snacks so late at night. I need to cut myself off at seven. I need to, whatever it is, I need to go to bed earlier. Um, Things like that. So speaking of like, I need to go to bed earlier or whatever, um, the next question is, what habits do I need to start? Now, you know it takes 21 days to make a habit. I assume it takes a similar amount of time to break a habit, probably longer. Um, but as you think about this year and the areas that you kind of struggled in, what habits do you need to really start to help yourself? Um, if you want to have an easier life, more successful life, better life, better yourself, you have to look at what is not working, right? You have to look and see, okay, this is or is not helping me out. And as I was talking to, I was actually talking to my husband about this. This is the self episode though. Um, and one habit that I realized I had to make now that I have two kids, I'm a breastfeeder dealing with like day in and day out stuff is I'm always good at like making a schedule. That's not the habit I need to start. I really need to start prepping for my day the day before. So that means all the snacks I could want. What are we having for lunch and dinner? Um, Things like that. It's unrealistic for me to fully meal prep on Sunday for the whole week. A lot goes on during the weekend. Um, Family time, church time, yeah, I could prep for the next day or two, but I don't want to make a bunch of food and we not eat it. So it's just best if um, I only prep for the day before. And so I realized I needed to do that because I would be going throughout the day. And as a breastfeeder, you get super hungry. That's why it's hard to lose. Like you don't really lose all the weight till you're done breastfeeding. Um, but I realized like I would be eating like at the same time, my husband and my daughter eat like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but I need something in between and I need it frequently because I'm always hungry because 
my son is always eating. And I saw like I lost, I already lost, I'm already back to my pre-pregnancy weight. But if I'm going to continue to lose weight, I don't want to lose too much weight. I don't want to lose my butt, y'all. I'm being honest. Christian mom uncensored. The uncensored part is I like my butt. I don't want to lose it. So um, I have to prep snacks. And even at night, I have to prep myself pretty well. So that way during the day, I'm not struggling because I'm hungry. Or let's say I know what I want for a snack, but I don't have the hands to go ahead and get it. And yeah, I could ask my husband, but he could be in a meeting. He could be in the middle of a case. He could be you know, doing something for one of our kids. So I need to kind of prep. So what habits do you need to start? Is it that you need to load the dishwasher every single night? Maybe you don't do that. I know I don't. But would that help you in the morning if you had all clean dishes and you went through your day? Um, So I think a good question to ask is what habits do I need to start? And these aren't like New Year's resolutions. These are things that you realize that you need to incorporate in your life right now. When you look back at 2020, what was hard about it? Um, What could you do better? And maybe there are some habits you need to start. And even when it comes to goals, like let's say you want to write a book or you want to get in shape. And as a mom, I know there are no hours in the day for you. There are no hours. There's maybe minutes, maybe seconds of you time, but there's not really hours. Um, perhaps you need to wake up an hour before your kids. And so <laughs> about that, because not everyone's a morning person and not everyone wants to do that. Um, I was listening to um, another podcast and they were saying that you should, as a mom, give yourself an hour to get ready every day um, so that like you can like take a shower, do your hair, whatever you need to do. C- commit to consistently give yourself an hour. And, like, realistically, who has an hour, right? I know. Um, in the morning, I do wake up before everyone <laughs> regularly. And that is kind of my time to start the coffee, um, you know, set up in my head, okay, what am I making for breakfast this morning? Maybe start it. Um, sit down for a minute. <sighs> but uh, if it comes to a goal, like, maybe... I could be using that time in the morning to exercise or I could be using that time in the morning to write if you want to write a book or whatever your goal is. For me, um, well, I don't want to tell you guys because I want you guys to see it come into fruition when I announce things. But um, yeah, so also realize that, also know who you are when it comes to these habits and know what's realistic for you. Habits you know, I'm saying habits, but also like goals. So if you really want to, I mean, if you want to like look good and feel good going into the day, for sure, you have to wake up before your kids to get dressed and get ready. Um, that's a given. But if you are not a morning person and you know that, hey, my kids nap in the afternoon, instead of napping with them or instead of doing the dishes on these days, I'm going to work out. Or on these days, I'm going to write for a half an hour. Whatever it is that will work for you. Because realistically, I am the type of person who can get up an hour before my kids. I will not get up before 4 a.m., but I am fine waking up at 4 a.m. and doing what needs to be done. That's not a challenge for me. What would be a challenge for me is to stay up an hour after my kids go to sleep and do that. 
because I'm not a night thinker and I'm tired at the end of the day. Um, I have the most energy, the most focus, um, the most creativity first thing in the morning or in the early hours of the morning. But my husband's the opposite. So for him to have a goal and set aside time to do it, it'd have to be late at night. So just know who you are. And like, if you are not a morning person, yes, all the motivational speakers are like, just get up early, just do it. Like, okay, but how long have you been trying to do it and been hitting snooze? You know what I mean? Like, if that's not you, don't make it you. You're a night person. Work at night. So, um, yeah, what habits do you need to, to start? So kind of going hand in hand, um, like I said, what are you struggling with? Um, is another question and it can be, and this is where we're going to go a little bit deeper. I'm not talking about struggling to keep the dishes clean. I'm not talking about, I don't know, struggling to come up with creative dinner options for your family. I'm talking about what are you internally struggling with? Are you struggling with your confidence or self image? Are you really struggling with the way you look and feel about yourself? Are you struggling with communication in your marriage? Um, do things feel like they're falling apart and you're not really sure how to put them back together? Um, or your relationship with your spouse? Are you realizing that you are unhappy and you're struggling with that unhappiness? Um, now, as we... 2020 has been a year. So I think it's important to, you know think, what am I struggling with? So as we keep talking about what am I struggling with, some examples of things I've struggled with in the past, not necessarily this year, but if you really want to reflect and, you know, take the challenge and say, I have been struggling, like I've said, I've been struggling, um, you know, with happiness in my marriage. If you've been unhappy, now is the time to sit down and address that unhappiness. Where is it coming from? Is it coming from unrealistic expectations? Is it coming from some sort of resentment with housework? Is it coming from, um, I don't know, something that you guys have had to deal with in the past? And whatever that is, looking and seeking and finding help to get through that is, you know, one way to overcome it. And as we end 2020, you don't want to bring 2020's problems into 2021. Or in, even like not playing the whole game of new year, new me, you don't want to bring yesterday's problems into today's, you know, life. So really looking deep. I know that one year um, when I, and I, I might've said this on the podcast before, but oh well, when I first was pregnant with Mia, we announced around Christmas, we announced Christmas time to my family and to Ethan's family. And with my family, um, we gave them like a cute little pacifier that said, hold on to this. I'll need it when I visit you or whatever, or something like that. And it was like, oh my gosh, you're having a baby. So on Christmas Eve, we got together with my whole family and that's how we told them. And everyone was just crying and excited and emotional and my family like we're big and close like there's I always say the solid 13 there's 13 of us um that it's like my crew that includes my mom and then my mom's sister and her husband and son and then my grandparents and my mom and my siblings and you know now my little family 
So it was like super emotional, but super happy. And I was actually really scared to tell my family. I don't know if you guys suffer from this, but at the time I was 24 with not, when I got pregnant with my first and, um, I just still kind of felt like a little kid. Like I felt like I was 16 and you know, that's not the kind of news you want to bring to your parents when you're 16. Um, no judgments if that was you, I'm, you know, you survived it, but I don't know. I was married, um, living on my own and Mia was planned. Both of my kids were planned. They were not surprises. They were, um, purposeful pregnancies, but, um, it was really emotional and I was not sure how, how, um, Ethan's family was going to react to this news. Um, but I felt really good because my, we were coming off of my family being really happy. And, um, when we, you know, this is Christian mom uncensored, so it's uncensored. Um, and they don't listen to podcasts. They'll never hear this. But when we told his family, we told them it was, we visited them for New Year's. So we did my family for Christmas, his family for New Year's that year. And I always said, I will never do New Year's at his house again. For one, it was boring to left a bad taste in my mouth. But, um, we went to go tell them and there was no excitement. It was awkward. It was one word to describe it. Um, we gave them the same thing and his mom said, oh, it's a boy. And she kind of suspected I was pregnant because when we were on our honeymoon, Ethan was saying, oh, Brittany's asleep. She doesn't feel well. She's really tired. Kind of like giving away all the pregnancy symptoms. And oh, even even going through the story right now, I feel uncomfortable talking about it. Um, I don't know why. Oh, it's so weird. I feel so uncomfortable talking about the story. But they were, it was awkward. I feel awkward telling the story. Isn't that weird? Okay. Um, no excitement. No. Yay. No. How are you doing? How are you feeling? It was very much, oh no. And, um, you know, things were said like, well, I hope you don't miscarry. I hope, um, are you sure this is a good time? Are you guys ready? Like all of these, it was really negative. And, um, Ethan ended up having kind of like a fight with his dad, his stepdad. Um, about it where his stepdad kind of went in on him and said some really hurtful things and before I was mama bear I was mama wife um mama wife before I was (laughs) mama bear I was like wife bear and um I just went to his room and took a nap and when I woke up apparently while I was asleep they were having this fight and then like when I woke up Ethan was kind of telling it to me and like we were reliving it and I was heated I do not listen do not one don't ever insult my husband and do not cross my children and we're good but you do either and we're gonna have problems and um we had problems and I'll tell you that whole year, that whole pregnancy, I was very cold. And I was cold even after Mia was born. And it took me a while to forgive. And I don't know if maybe you need to work through some forgiveness this year. But I basically never addressed it. In the morning, we we left. And um, 
I went off in the car about all my feelings and Ethan was yeah and I don't know I feel like he was more sad and I was like livid like angry and we were coming off of the wedding and during the wedding I felt like oh my gosh my in-laws are so great I'm gonna like call my mother-in-law we're gonna get really close and when I got pregnant I was like oh this is great like I'm gonna make sure she's around with our baby and I'm gonna make sure she's updated on everything and she feels super included and all of these things and that went right out the window guys and it was it was rough I'm not gonna lie it was a rough year now for me I went on in the joy of my pregnancy I went on and enjoy my things and but I wasn't reaching out I wasn't updating I wasn't gonna tell them anything I wasn't interested in including them in things I was very much like you didn't want this baby I felt like they rejected Mia um and therefore they had to stay 10 feet back um, that year I was like, you will always get second. My family will always get first. And I went off on this whole thing and it was something I had to work through. So if there's something, you know, you're struggling with things that are going to help you overcome it, whether it be issues in your marriage, whether it be a circumstance with forgiveness, whether it be, um, you're dealing with depression or you're dealing with something going on with yourself that you have to you know, work through, the way you're going to get through it is prayer, practice, and patience. And um, giving yourself the the time and space to heal, um, praying about how to tackle that issue, and being patient with yourself and with whoever else is involved to come around. I didn't get an apology for this conversation. I didn't get an apology for what happened. I didn't get an apology that I was like, I'm not telling them the next time we have a baby. I'm not doing this. Like, it just changed the way I felt about my in-laws, unfortunately. And um, what ended up happening was it took patience and it took prayer and it took practice of me, you know, being cordial with them and I'm fine with them because honestly, after that, he'd be like, we're going to go see my family. Like, I don't want to go. I'm not coming. And I didn't go. And I um, didn't want to talk to them or I kind of just ignored their existence. And it, it, guys, forgiveness is hard work. And um, you have to figure out what's going to work for you. For a long time, I kept telling Ethan, I have to have a conversation with your mother. I don't care about what your stepdad said or did but if I'm gonna have a relationship with her I'm gonna have to tell her how I feel and he kept saying no and he was afraid and he was scared and he knew like if I went to the house and we had this conversation I was gonna go off and then his stepdad was gonna get involved and I've got this thing in me I call like like this like Janie spark and like all the women in my lineup we're a little feisty we have like a little feist in us and um, he was afraid of that feistiness coming out. So I wrote her a really long email and I sent it and I said, I need to say this to you. And I emailed her and it wasn't the best way to do it. But hey, I got it off my chest and I needed for me to move on. I needed them to know how I felt. I needed them to know why I was the way I was. I needed them to know why I was cold. And, um, you know, I ended it with like, I love you guys. And I've really had to forgive you guys for this. And that was it. So. 
2020 has been a year. And if your life is like mine, um, different challenges and circumstances have come up throughout the year. And uh, for me, what I was really working through were just some like conflicts in my marriage. Nothing bad, nothing major. But just like when you're with each other every day, it's like little things that add up on top of little things. And, you know, we really had to sit down and address those but if it's something more internal, if it's like, for instance, you guys know that I struggled with body image a good half of my life, a good most of my life. Um, being a mom has healed that in a lot of ways for me because, and that's this is just for me, uh, it's healed it in a lot of ways because I've seen so much purpose in my body and so much strength in what it can do. And even though it doesn't look the way it looked before I had kids, I'm really proud of who I am. And... Um, but it took a lot of work to get there. It took a lot of work. It took therapy. It took, you know, working through those kinds of issues. And if you want to move forward in life, whatever is holding you back, um, whatever is, has negative energy, whatever is like bringing you down, you got to let go of that. And it is going to take a lot of prayer and a lot of practice and a lot of patience. And for instance, with my body image, I mean, I worked my butt off to feel good about myself. I'm not going to lie. And I'm talking about mental work. I'm talking about um, mental work. I'm not talking about exercise and like getting in shape and losing a bunch of weight. I'm not talking about that because that was the issue. I'm talking about learning about my worth and learning about, you know, how to, how to feel good about myself and like, what am I putting stock in and um, lots of prayer and lots of patience with myself and, that was something I overcame in the past. So those are just some examples of things where you might need to sit down and maybe you have to, you know, no issue with your dad. Maybe you had a fight with your dad and you, have, and you guys are estranged or um, sometimes you have to let that relationship die. But sometimes um, if it's holding you back, you need to do what you need to do to forgive and move on. So those are just those examples of you know, getting deep with your struggles and getting deep with your reflection and going, hmm, this is really hard. This is holding me back. And, uh, you know, that issue I had with my in-laws, that was years ago, um, probably like three years ago. Me is two. So like I was pregnant. So probably like three years ago. Um, and I've moved on from it and it's allowed us to, you know, allow them into our lives and into Mia's life and Mia loves them. But, you know, had I not forgiven, it would, everything would look very different. And it's really not about me. It's about Mia, but yes. So dig into that, dig into that, go deep. So going on with going deep, um, another thing you should probably reflect upon, hopefully you guys can hear me. I'm holding, um, Elliot is what has this year taught me? And in order to see what, what this year has taught you, you have to look at kind of the bad stuff again and see what it is. And for me, this year has really been um, the prep year for me to step into my purpose and to see, you know, who God is. And what I mean by that was this year, Ethan lost his job and we were devastated um, this year, I made the decision to stay at home with my kids for real, to really be a stay at home mom. I mean, like take the next step. 
because I've been planning this since Mia was born. And what this year has really taught me is um, in the midst of Ethan losing his job in the middle of a pandemic while I was pregnant and all of these things that happened in the, during this pandemic, during this dark time, um, we got our new, we're in our house. So we have our home, our home is furnished. It is, I love our house. It really is my safe place. Um, Ethan got a job that provides more than it ever has and really allows me to step away from my job with ease, to step away with, you know, a clear conscience and, um, you know, knowledge of how I'm going to move forward. So this year has taught me that God is my provider and it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what happens in this world. He is, he is our provider. And it, it honestly, you know, Ethan got his job, you know, with referrals from, from friends from church or from people from not even friends, people we don't even really know from church. And so it really has shown me that God has stepped in in so many different ways. I was supposed to have an induction to give birth to Elliot. And two hours before this induction, my water breaks. So when I get to the hospital, not only do I not have to like go through all of these like induction methods, um, I get a nurse who had all natural home births with all nine of her kids and trained my doula and really was there for whatever I wanted to do. As long as she could hear the baby's heart the heart rate. And that was a big issue with Mia was my kids are weird. They don't like the monitors. They're hard to track. They move around a bunch. They're my kids. They're active. And, you know, every time Elliot would move and you couldn't get the heartbeat, it was no big emergency. It was no big deal. She wasn't trying to internally monitor me. She just came in all calm. And she might've been in that room 15 times that night fixing that thing. And so you know, God is my provider. And even though dark things have happened this year, um, a, a lot of light has been shed on um, for me and in my life on who God is. And it's given me the confidence to to leave my job and say, if this is a mistake, God's going to provide for us. I know it's not, though. I've been praying about this and, you know, not taking action yet and waiting. And thank God I didn't take action when, you know, I wanted to. Ethan lost his job. At least I had mine. And um, I was able to work from home. So like there's been so much. So if you look at those dark moments, I think you'll see some things about God and you'll see some things about you. I saw how um, resilient I am. It was a lot to emotionally take on this year. I'm sure you can relate. Um, I was dealing with gestational diabetes, um, which meant that there was a lot of things that could go wrong and end up happening with your baby. Um and anyone who has gestational diabetes, don't let the doctors or, you know, what you read about it scare you. Because sometimes they'll say things that are kind of scary about it that could happen when your baby is born. Um, but I know so many women who have had it and like safe, healthy babies. Um, but I dealt with gestational diabetes and I pretty much with diet controlled until the very end and that I needed insulin. But I had to give myself shots. Um, I was doing this while working with a two-year-old. Um, I supported my husband em- emotionally after he lost his job. That's a hard hit. And he got a new and better a better one. Like, God has your life plan. Um, I've seen the resiliency in myself. And so, 
don't forget who you are, where you've been, where you're going. And I think that's something you have to remember when you want to accomplish anything in life is don't forget who you are. Let's start there. And like, I know who I am as a person. I'm somebody who takes big faith actions. I step out on faith without thinking about it. Okay, I have to think about it because I have kids now, but I am the one my friends call when they need someone to pray for them. Um, So get back to those roots. I am somebody who likes to plan and organize enough people together. I'm getting back to that. Even though it's COVID, there's ways to do this um, virtually and to do these safely. I am somebody who will reach out to people I think who are hurting. And I've done that multiple times this year. Don't forget who you are. I'm also um, a dancer. I'm also a writer. I'm also somebody who likes to talk, obviously, and I've gotten back into that. So don't forget who you are. And that means who you are before you had kids, who you are um, apart from having kids, like who you are aside from being a mom. There are parts of you that that were you before you were a parent. Don't forget where you've been. Look at all of the challenges you've overcome. Look at all the hard things that you have walked through and look at and see, you know, where you might have made mistakes, where you need to grow. And then don't forget where you are going. And that means sitting down with yourself and finding the next steps and the purpose for your life and the next steps and where you're headed. And your purpose right now might be to raise my kids to be good people. That can be your only purpose. And that's a huge purpose. Your purpose might be if you're a school teacher to you know, show compassion to my students, to teach them the best that I can, but also show them what like a loving adult person can be like. Sometimes when you're a teacher, you're the only good influence in a kid's life. You don't know what's going on at home. You don't know, you know, if the parents in or out. Um, If you're a nurse, it might be to show compassion to patients who are scared. Everyone's really scared right now. And figure that out. I know a lot of my purpose is to work and and talk to moms. And um, every time I go through something as a mom, every time my house is a mess, every time something like dramatic happens, every time something trivial happens, that really makes me feel like like I react to like really dramatically. I'm like, moms are going to relate to this. Um, Know where you want to go. So it's not just where do I want to go next year. It's where do I want to go in life and what do I want to do and what am I trying to accomplish. I want to raise kind humans. I want to be self-employed. I want to whatever it is. I want to write a book. Whatever it is that is your passion and your purpose, you have to kind of take time to think about that and think about where you're headed. Um, sometimes we get caught in the rut and the monotony of the routine and like what life is like. We get caught in the every day I'm doing this and I'm getting up, feeding the kids and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm going to work and the money's fine. So I'm going to stay at this job. But maybe you need to shake your life up a little bit and go, well, do I want to be doing the same thing in five years, in three years, in two years, next month? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But whatever the end goal is, you can't reach the end if you don't know where you're going. You can get in the car and if you have no idea where you're going, you're not going to end up where you want to be. You're going to have to stop and ask for direction and that might be stopping and asking God for direction. God, I got in the car because I feel like I need to get in the car, but I don't know where I'm going. 
Could you stop and give me some direction? Maybe you do know where you're going, but you took a wrong turn on the way. You got lost. You got distracted. You messed up. Again, ask for directions. God, where am I going? What do I need to be doing? Um, maybe you're tired. You got a flat tire. Now you need to stop and wait. You have to wait for the pickup truck. And that pickup truck might come as a friend. It might come as um, a parent. It might come as your kid. Like whatever that pickup truck is to get you motivated, to get you back up and going. Okay, but there might be a minute where you're stuck and you're stopped because you have a flat tire. You can't go anywhere. And in those moments, you have to call for your reinforcements when you don't know. That might be your mom. That might be your pastor. It might be a friend. It might be your husband. It might be, I don't know, one of your best girlfriends. And that while you're waiting for that pickup truck, while you're waiting for that pick-me-up, pray. So anyway, I don't know if this analogy is making any sense, but... You know, there's a place that God has in mind for you. There's a purpose to your life. Don't ever think your life doesn't have purpose. It does. And you might not even know what it is. All you have to do is start asking. All you have to do is, honestly, this is what I've kind of figured out. And this is a side tangent I'm going off on now. What I've kind of figured out is that God gives us talents, right? And he gives us things we're passionate and like to do. And some people think, you know, those are your hobbies, and yeah, in a sense, it could be your hobby. It could also be your life's work. Um, when you realize that you are really gifted in a specific area, it's not by accident or coincidence that you're gifted in that area. There's purpose to it. And exploring that gift is going to help you find what that purpose is. And for me, I've been able to kind of do that this year because we've been home a lot more. I've had like a tiny bit more time on my hands. I'm not like commuting every day. So that's like, what, 45 minutes that I'm not in the car that I could be doing something else. But when you're looking for that purpose, you're looking for that next step. Your interests are one of them. What are you interested in? Like, what do you enjoy? And then also, what are you gifted in? And we can get really into that next year. It's a great topic for next year. Um, finding your purpose and your passions and putting it to use um, as I try to do that myself. And there'll be some challenges. Next year has a lot of fun stuff for development for us mamas. Um, But if if you are like, well, I don't know where I'm going. I have no passion. I have no purpose. I mean, like I have a job. I have my family. Great. Or, you know, I'm raising my kids. Great. There's things that you like. There's things that you're good at. And there's a reason why. And um, anyway, like I said, we'll dive into that next year. All right, so this episode's getting long. There's just two more questions to ask yourself, and I'm going to try to keep them kind of brief. Um, The next question is, how can I go deeper with God? How can I grow with God? And I like the word go deep because um, going deep is uncomfortable, Going deep takes work, but it also creates a stronger relationship. It creates a stronger person. Um, so that might mean that you really need to to spend a specific amount of time in the Word during the week. It might mean that you need to to pray, but in the time that you schedule to pray, schedule time to listen. It might mean that you need to do what God has been calling you to do, but you've been scared to do whether that is to take a leadership role in your church or your community or your kid's school or your job or 
to start a um a bible plan with your husband or your kids it's a question you need to ask yourself like how can i go deep and how can i connect with god on a deeper level and just to be honest with god about like your fears and things and um and to also find comfort in his word and all of this but how can i go deeper with god this is a christian podcast um you know that's something you should ask yourself and then the the next question you should ask yourself is what rules do I want to live by in my life? Or is there a rule I would like to live by um, that I can implement um, or work on? And for instance, one of the rules I live by in my family and in my life is to be a woman of my word and to be consistent. And what that means is that it can be easy to flip-flop as a parent. It can be easy to say, yes, we'll do something. Oh, never mind, we'll do it tomorrow. Um, It can be easy to say one thing and do another. Um, it can be easy to say, hey, if you do this, we can do that. And then you don't follow through on the, you can do that. And something, you know, I've been doing this pretty much at least for the past six months is being really purposeful and consistent with my, with Mia and what she wants to do. There have been times she's wanted to go to my grandmother's house and I haven't felt like taking her, but I told her we were going. And because I told her we were going, I'm sorry that I don't feel like packing your bag and getting you up and driving all the way over there. I told you we're going, we're going. And so consistency um, and being a woman and a mom of my word is something that I live by. That means if my husband, you know, wants us to do something like play a game, I'm going to play that game, you know, you know, granted the, the kids don't interrupt and things like that, but that is something I live by. So finding an area of your life you can look at and um, and pick. And the reason why I picked this is I was uh, just doing some research on parenting and things. And they were saying, like, consistency is important. That means, like, if you say no to something, stick to it. If you say yes to something, stick to it. Um, don't flip-flop. And so that's why I've decided to be a woman of my word. And I also I want my kid to trust me. And um, as I think about our relationship, as she gets older and becomes like a a, a big kid, and also as she becomes a teenager and an adult, I want her to look back at me as her mom and say, man, my mom always did what she said she was going to do. And um, I want that to be something that she kind of grows up and does the same. I say, I'm going to do something. I do it. Um, Granted, there's no crazy emergency circumstances. But to create that trust and also to be consistent with, um, you know, certain parts of our routine um, is important to me. So that's the last thing. Are there any rules you want to live by? And I've had to kind of tell my husband, hey, in our house, we're trying to live with the consistency thing. And because I've made a conscious effort to do that, I've had to kind of like tell him, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, cause he wasn't necessarily making a conscious effort as well. So he would be like, Hey, I'm going to tell her this. So she'll do this. Shh, don't say anything. And I'll be like, no, no, no. If you're saying we're going to do this next, we're doing it next. So anyway, that is the last thing I have to say for courageous Christmas conversations. Well, now I'm thoroughly hungry. It's actually lunchtime where I'm at and I'm thirsty, but 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Christian Mom Uncensored. Next week, we will be diving in courageous Christmas conversations um, with your spouse. Courageous conversations to have with your spouse, your partner, whoever is in the romantic life of you um, and how to kind of grow that relationship and reflect after 2020. Um, I hope you guys have all had a great week. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I know I did. I hope you guys got good deals on Black Friday. I know I did. Um, But I can't wait to talk to you guys next week some more, do something Christmassy, um, just to like, you know, tell you guys about my Christmas life, my Christmas trees up. We're going to go see some Christmas lights this weekend. Um, And it's exciting. I'm in the spirit. So enjoy this holiday season. Do something good and stay safe. I will talk to you guys next week.